I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Good evening, this is Atung Millwall, your weekly uh, digest of all things uh, Lions. My name's Aaron Paul, guiding you through the next, well, we don't know how long it's going to be. It's going to be... It's going to be fairly lengthy as we look back at a decent fifth to Birmingham. That was Scouse slash Birmingham. I don't know what that was all about. But yeah, <laughs> uh, a big win for the Lions in the hunt for survival with uh, some okay-ish results elsewhere. Uh, joining me this evening, of course, the empresario of all things uh, Millwall, Mr. Nick Hart. Evening, listeners. Welcome to um, a slightly more upbeat Millwall show. Suddenly upbeat after a week of misery. Yeah, uh, in downtown Chernobyl for us is our uh, is, uh, is our Siberian correspondent, uh, Harry Warren, or Harold Warren. Are you there? I am still here. I have not been taken out by the uh, Love Sports Twitterati. I've not been done. Chinkui, <laughs> chinkui. And, uh, and over somewhere on the, uh, on, 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 around Kent somewhere, is young Mickey Avery, still scanning for, uh, for them club shop bargains. Evening. After I'm actually in a tattoo parlour now, getting the uh, the picture of Ben Thompson with that scarf on from the previous club shop tattooed mm. across my back. Oh, <laughs> after, after last night. Lovely. Is that the joined up one? That's the joined up one exactly. Yeah. you've got it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he's it always. If, if he ever fancies a ten-inch zamper, tell him to come my way, Ben Thompson. Uh, yeah. He was on to a, a hat trick yesterday. As, uh, Millwall beat Birmingham by two goals. No, both goals scored. Uh, inside 32 minutes, so the job was pretty much done before half time. And I'll tell you something. Um, again, I was I was fortunate enough to be at the game and the atmosphere in 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 the city of Birmingham after the second City derby on Sunday, where you had those those scenes of you know a player a fan attacking uh, Jack Grealish and a steward attacking uh, Jack Grealish as well. The atmosphere in the city was absolutely horrendous. Just very very flat. There was there. It was, it was just very strange, very, very quiet. There wasn't really much about it. And I'll tell you something, uh, a, a few of us in the press box uh, were, were sitting there thinking, if Millwall don't take something from this, then, then you know, they might as well might mm. quit for the rest of the season because they needed to go and get something. And, and this was an opponent 
that was uh, that was on the ground. It was like a, a, a weak gazelle, you know, and the, uh, yeah. the Lions and, and, and Ben Thompson um, strode through and, uh, and, and, and picked him up. Yeah, I mean, the atmosphere came over very flat. I was watching it on iFollow on the iPad, and the, it, you're right, Aaron. I mean, it, it did look like a, you know, there's a sense of emptiness. The Millwall fans came over very well, um, from what I could hear on, on, on the TV coverage. Um, but what a performance by the Lions. I mean, OK, Birmingham on the back foot, and Birmingham, are, you know, have had their problems at the weekend. But we've still got to go there and get and get something. And I thought, initially, at least, in the start of the first half, um, I wonder whether we would get anything, because Birmingham pressed forwards, and although they weren't, you know, they weren't openly dangerous in front of the goal, they were, they were going, the ball was popping in and around our, our penalty area. So I think to survive that and then the kind of classic more counter punches um, that we, we, we were hoping for was, was a, a major, uh, major result for us in the circumstances. Yeah. The counter attacks were absolutely, absolutely. Um, I mean, looking at the lineups for the game, um, just very quickly for the host, they made four changes. Uh, they brought in Mahoney, they brought in Gary Gardner, brother of Craig. Uh, they brought in um, Murbati, who's a, who's a, who's a, a winger. And Isaac Vassell as well with Che Adams, who's, who's a really, really top player up top. Uh, Jukovic has dropped to the bench. Uh, bench. So was uh, Diogo Jota, David Davis as well. I think they missed Jota and Jukovic as well. They missed that outlet. And I think them playing would have added some different. Plus Craig Gardner, he's, he's a good quality midfielder at this level. Uh, and, and I think Gary Monk, you know, was looking at potentially some tired legs in the camp after, you know, what was a really all-action derby on Sunday. And I think he made a big, big mistake. Obviously, the big news for Millwall was that uh, Jordan Archer had been dropped. Um, yeah. Just get your, your views on that first and foremost. Well, um, uh, hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah. 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 <laughs> Is that Father Patrick I can hear coming in? Um, yes. Divine messages. Yeah, you yeah, beat me to that one there, yeah. He's He's fucking awful. I mean, the <laughs> confidence is shot. I think... I think for the last season, ever since that Fulham game, I don't think he's had the support of the Millwall crowd, really. Um, he wasn't very good last season. For, he cost us at least 10 points. And this season, I mean, I said with the game against Norwich, I think he could have done better with the two goals. And obviously, Neil Harris agreed with us because he's dropped him. He never makes any crucial saves. How many, how many goalkeepers make crucial saves to keep you in games when you don't deserve to? And he never does that. So... You know, I was surprised it was Martin that he brought in, but then I suppose there's no one else there. So, Martin, made, I mean, it's an interesting point, Eric. Martin did make some crucial saves. Um, I'm just thinking back to last night. There was one where Birmingham that were breaking on the right into the penalty area, and um, he kind of spread himself, made a great tackle. Hello, I, th- I think I think to a point on on what we said about yeah, Jordan Archer getting <laughs> I am. Um, where are you, Harry? I was in an undisclosed location somewhere on the east side of London. That's the guy that can just going absolutely. <laughs> that, that's, that's the, that's, that's the that's radiation not, alarm. That's someone not doing their job properly in their uh, in their radiation cell. I do apologise. It's not my, it's not mine. It's uh, somebody else's. That's what it is. No, but with um, I mean, we touched on Archer like being dropped, and he was obviously one of the big big names there. But I mean, I'm looking back at the bench now. You've got Archer dropped, Meredith Hutchinson. Williams, Elliot, Morrison, O'Brien. Yeah. These were players, possibly take out Tom Elliott, who last season were first were first choice players and arguably player of the season contenders. Um, I think, I think, oh, 
There you go. Um, I think that the um, that bench, as I said yesterday, gents, was a statement. The statement to the fans, to a degree, when Neil Harris was probably saying, "Look, I'm listening to what you're saying. You're asking me to drop these players, and I'm dropping them, you know, and I'm giving someone else a chance." The fact that Amos was completely out of sight altogether. Yeah. I think that shows that he's he's finished now at the club. If if honest, in my oh. opinion. I think I think Neil had to make changes. I mean, obviously the performance up at Bolton. I, I went up there for it, and the per- what can I? We can only describe this as we're not having, we're having a Millwall West of performance at the moment. I think <laughs> I'm doing is working well, but everything everyone else is doing seems to they seem to be having major malfunctions over there. So um, I, I mean, apologise for the uh, background noise. The performance of Bolton was 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 worse than that poor poor man stuck in the radiation cell with Harry there. I mean, it was it, it was it was that bad, and um, the, you know the reaction of the crowd up there was was toxic, and it was horrible to be there. To be absolutely honest, because as I said on the on the other podcast, um, it's Neil Harris, and and you know whatever his limitations as a manager may or may not be, he occupies a very special place in in the club's pantheon, and and when you've got the kind of beginnings of um, you know, the abuse that, that come towards the end of any managerial career but directed against Neil, it's really not very pleasant to be to be to be listening to. Truth, truth be told, Nick, if if you know you we're we're gonna sort of look at this goalkeeping situation sort of in depth if you like. Mm. Um, going back to the Everton game, the mistake that was made there, every time a ball was fired in, any form of shot, be it tame or a rocket, you were worried with 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 Archie. Yeah. You you're so concerned with him. And and the same was to Norwich. Every time I was sort of like wincing every time a ball went in because I was just like this geezer is 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 gonna let it through his legs. He's he's just something's not quite right. And and I was shocked when I saw David Martin um you know you know starting yesterday and obviously I asked you guys Ooh. when the last time he played it was uh, December twenty seventeen um against uh, against Aston Villa and, and yeah. he kept a clean sheet that day in the Midlands. Um he kept a clean sheet yesterday yeah, he should have won that day as well. Yeah, <laughs> his performance yeah, initially, right. I, I, I'll be straight, was very, very. He, he looked rusty. He looked keen but rusty in the sense of he was he was going out. He was trying to make the big clearances. He, he was trying to, you know, you know, go for sort of the big leaps and 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 punching away corners and, and balls pushed into the box. And he looked suspect a few times. And there are a couple of moments which were a little bit hairy. For Martin, but you know, at the end, he, he made two or three really cracking saves. And even though he is an ex-franchisee, um, <laughs> I, I, you know, I've got to I, I take my hat off to him and I, and I say, you know, fair play to him. And 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 I think the experience as well. He's he's 36. He's he's not exactly young. Another experience had someone who can potentially help marshal that back line um, alongside Alex Pierce, who was absolutely brilliant yesterday. Yeah, Pierce, Pierce is, a, is one to name check. But just going back to Martin for a moment, I mean, I, the, the, we've only seen him a few times, and, and Villa was one one such occasion. I think he played in uh, Rochdale in the league uh, in the cup last season. Um, I mean, I, I wouldn't say he's the best goalkeeper that I've I've seen at the Den. He's he's, he's probably just doing basic goalkeeping. I mean, that's and that's what we what we've not seen from Jordan Archer for so long. Um, you know, when when he first arrived, Jordan Archer, he was. It was, you know, it was quite a prospect, wasn't it? It was, it was seen as something of um, a, a jewel that we've turned up from Tottenham's, um, you know, lower teams. But, yeah, I, I think you summed up the roles. Pod, Nick. Yeah, I think you summed up in your pod after the Bolton game, Nick, when you said that Jordan Archer isn't isn't the player who's got the potential anymore. Though, you know, he's, or he's not that young player who's got the potential. To correct myself, you know, he's, he's getting on a bit now. He's into the prime of his 
into the prime of his career. And there is an argument. I mean, we had a similar thing with David Ford, didn't we? That Ford basically lost his place because Archer was there with a the potential. Yeah. Is Archer now or still getting these games? Because the only choice is, is a Ben Amos who was average, I believe, at Charlton last season. Lower hasn't average. Done any, yeah, lower average. It hasn't done anything for us of any real, um, you know, sort of no. point of excellence. And Dave yeah. Martin... You know, what about Tom King? No, he's useless. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, that's that's my opinion. I think our goalkeeping, our goalkeeping is shocking, really. I mean, it needed to be addressed in the summer. I think all goalkeepers, whatever whatever league they're in, play better when you've got someone behind you pushing you. Um, Full did when Archer come. He had a se- probably got an extra season out of him, um, mm. and and pushed him on. And Archer actually played well when he had Full behind him until. Since then, obviously, we've had no real solid number two. We had Dave Martin, who's played sort of 90 minutes in, in two years before last night. Tom King went to Wimbledon and didn't, and didn't cut the mustard. That reminds me of Fred, actually. Um, but, you know, we, um, you know, these players ain't good enough. If they're out of contract, they've got to go in the summer. You know, we, we mentioned last time that Harris had to be ruthless. And I think he was ruthless last night. He was ruthless. Was, yeah. The abuse has got to him and he's gone right. I'm doing exactly what I want to do. I can't have no, you know, he, he killed Darlings when he first got to the cover. I remember that first summer. What did he do? It was 18 players that he let go in the summer yeah, when he got there right. after yeah, Holloway's. Yeah. After Holloway. So, you know, they're, um, he's a ruthless man when he needs to be. I just think that he's as ruthless as the Millwall crowd in that sense, you know, um, almost bipolar because he's been backing his mates to a certain extent, trying to be loyal to this group of players. And, you know, I think Bolton was the, the straw that broke the camel's back kind of thing. And uh, and that was it, you know. Um, hopefully, going forward, you know, I, I want to see... I did for Williams. I thought Williams was was a problem against Norwich. I thought he was slow. I thought he was ponderous. And I even was calling for Tunnicliffe. And that's, again, people falling off their chairs, as I say that. But, you know, Thompson's your, your runner. Leonard's, the, Leonard's a, a workhorse and so's Tunnicliffe. So... It, it seemed to work last night. We can only hope it goes, it works going forward. But I think it all stems from the goalkeeper. You know, as you said, Aaron, he's, he's made two saves or three saves that have kept you in the game. Or, you know, as soon as it goes 2 1, you know, Millwall would have panicked. So to keep it 2 0, keep everything level, is obviously a massive, it's psychological as much as anything else with Millwall. It's, it's a self fulfilling prophecy. Every time Millwall go 1 0 up, they expect to concede in the last 10 minutes, you know. So. So it's a change of fortunes in that sense, and hopefully, hopefully it can continue. Really, just a, a, just on the, the result last night, which obviously was a welcome relief for all of us. Um, the only thing that I was thinking in, in real time and afterwards, um, oh no, that was back in the radiation cell again. Um, so, yeah, we are. This is what happens. <laughs> um, it just reminded me of the, the game at Middlesbrough, the one all draw up at Middlesbrough, where we, we went up there with a new formation. I think that was Ben Marshall's first game since he re-signed for the club and we, we put in a really good performance up there and uh, unlucky not to not to win but with similar tactics and this kind of um, soak up the pressure and then counter punch the away game approach that we we'd actually do quite well when we're on, on point like we were last night and a few games uh, and Middlesbrough springs to mind and maybe one or two others um, when we when this formation when this this kind of lineup is at the den and you've got to take it to the opposition. I just think that that's where we were slightly 
found out. So I, I think it's a great result and, and, and let's all enjoy it because it really did come as a welcome relief. But I think there's still another test yet to come, which is when we face our next league opponents at the Den. Um, we, who knows what we'll get out of Leeds United. We probably can soak up the pressure there and, and then hit them on, the, on a counter-punch, possibly. But I think, is it Stoke after that? And we've, got to, we've probably got to take the game to Stoke a little bit and get three points there. It's going to be an interesting... Um, you know, next step to see how that how that one goes, how that works out. No, I was just going to say what um, what was said on last week's show that we've got an, an awfully awfully tough running. You know, in in the past, sort of our um, the running towards the end of the season's always been reasonably generous to us. But but yeah, we've you know Stoke yet to come. We're going away. We'll be fighting for our life or their their lives as well. Leeds United away. Um, Yes, it's an awful, awfully tough running. So we're definitely not out of the woods yet, Nick. You're right. The great thing about last night, I thought, was, I mean, we've mentioned Alex Pierce already, but I thought he really did take control. We had a leader on the on the field for the first time in a long while. Um, and it was sadly missing up at um, Bolton last Saturday. But it was certainly there in space last night. And I think that's, you know, that you, I don't want to be grasping at straws too much, but I thought that was a real shining light in, in uh, what's been a very dull season otherwise to see Alex Pierce actually organising and and, and, um, and the kind of post-match huddle and the kind of togetherness of the squad was was really, um, you know, uplifting. I, th- I think, Nick, think- to, to just pairing up with your point there, Nick, I mean, that was a massive game for Neil Harris and, and you know, in terms of, you know, quashing the boo boys, if you like, he was really, really... Uh, intent on 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 you know responding to the criticism he's had over the past few days and 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 you know he must have asked for big performances from your senior players him Pierce uh, and 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 Lee Gregory as well who was very very good yeah Lee Gregory Lee Gregory was excellent you know and yeah. and, and and I think Neil Harris silenced a few of the doubters there the fans were the fans were excellent throughout and 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 were very very much appreciative at the end. Of the effort that they saw. That's right. I mean, just to say, I think, it, you know, I, I know that um, Neil, in his post-match comments, mentioned some unfair articles and some unfair stick that he's taken on in, in the media. And I would imagine that the, from the terraces too, he would have heard it. You couldn't mistake it up there at Bolton. Um, and leaving that question to one side, I, I, I think that um, whatever sparked last night, it worked. And, you know, he's a proud man. And he, would, he would not have enjoyed hearing that and in all fairness the middle crowd want to back Neil Harris so I know there's one or two voices out there that always say he's he's not the messiah and he's naughty boy and all that kind of thing but um I think the the, the 95 percent of the middle crowd really want to get behind Neil Harris and they want the Neil Harris that produced what we saw in that madhouse run last season I think we do want to get behind him it's no one's enjoying coating Neil Harris in my opinion maybe one or two but not the majority I just think it's about attitude, really. I think his attitude and the players' attitude can kind of, well, maybe not Neil's attitude, but I think the attitude of the players can be called into question this season. I, I think that certain players have turned up expecting it to be easy this season, like they took the lead by storm last year and thought it was going to be the similar kind of thing. And, you know, I, I, I raised a question last night about people saying, oh, well, Fred's come back from Wickham, he said he's unplayable, and then... He hasn't played him. You know, the difference is mm. with Thompson is Thompson's come back and proven it and he's in his sort of 10, 15 minutes. He come on against Norwich, got, um, not against Norwich, come on against Preston, grabbed the goal. We looked a different side with him in. He was less 
effective against Rotherham at home, but he still was the only player that I would have kept on the pitch. I wouldn't have taken off Thompson. I would have taken off Williams. And they're the only kind of things you can sort of question Aris on for me. Uh, uh, maybe the formation, which are things you can question any manager on. Um, I, I just think that circumstances by up or by crook to go to, you know, the, the away wins this season recently, you know, beating Derby, the away, we could have yeah. won at Middlesbrough, probably should have won at Middlesbrough, and, and winning last night are proving that he does know how to change it away from home. I actually think it's the Mill crowd, the, you know, the dreaded playing in front of people at the den. If we're going to go and nick points away from home and we're going to get draws at home, that might be enough. That might be what we have to accept. Do you, do you understand what I mean? And we're not yeah. we're not the most accepting crowd, um, which, you know, we expect to be entertained at home, which I don't know if that actually suits us. You know what I mean? I don't think we've got the players to, to be that side. We've not got, you know, Jed tries to beat everyone by himself. Although I'd like to point out that Marshall last night looked a little bit more like his old self. And, and that that's something we need to see because if Marshall plays well that kind of gives Jed a little bit of more freedom because they have to worry about two players rather than just stopping Jed. And the break for the first goal is all started by Jed winning an air which isn't something that he usually does. And Ben Thompson's pass out of defence and, and desire, basically his attitude and desire to get into the box. And not just to get there, to, to finish like that. That's what we've been missing all season. We haven't had a player that arrives into the box like that since Tim Cale, to be fair. And oh. he's, he's scoring goals for fun now. And I mean... Savile was worth eight million, which you know Savile got ten goals last season. So Thompson's what got three and three and five games or something like that. You know, that's what's been missing. What? What? Can I just ask you a question as well? Um, what's the Jed Wallace song that they were singing at the end? Jed Wallace song. I don't know that one. That's a new one on me. Jed Wallace. Jed Wallace. Jed Wallace. Surely they should be singing Jed Wallace. It took ages to write that one. No, they should. They should be. They should be copying the Mo Salah one, going Jed Wallace. Jed Wallace running down the wing. But yeah. Um, no, we, we, we get a bit, we get a bit glassy-eyed every time Ben Thompson turns up. You know, it's a oh, bit, he's yeah. one of our own, mate. He's one of our own. Yeah, he's exactly. just a bit. I mean, uh, Ben Thompson was on that video last season when he met Tim Cale. I think I'd be a bit like that if I met Ben Thompson. He's just, I don't know. He's just, he, he's a special player. When it's one of your own players, and he, you know, mm. you all know the story of, you know, his, his family background and the tragedy and uh, with his brother and. You know, you just want to pick him up. He's five foot nothing, and you want to pick him up and put you in his pocket. He wins every header, mm. you know, and he just he bleeds for the badge. And you know, players like that in the side for Neil Harris must be uh, must be a godsend to be honest, because you don't need to wait on Ben Thompson up. Just need to say you don't want to play in League One for Millwall, do you, Ben? And he'll go out and and smash someone and <laughs> and give give the crowd a lift. You know what I mean? So and that's sometimes all it needs, you know. And realistically, I. I've sort of written him off now, but if Fred had scored that goal in the last minute against, who were we playing when he done Oh, how good it. Um, oh, God, who was that? Was that Rotherham? No, no it wasn't Rotherham. It was a game after Rotherham, weren't it? Like, black. It was someone beginning with... Have you merged into one mess, Harry? That's the trouble. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when it, uh, who's... Sheffield Wednesday. There Sheffield you go. Sheffield yeah. Wednesday. He went disco Sheffield dancing. Yeah. yeah, he went disco dancing. But if he scores that, does his career change? Does he, yeah. you know, it's the what if moments really with Fred. And Ben's what if moments seem to be paying off for him now. And uh, and and Fred's still not got any chance from the bench kind of thing. But he might, he won't have a chance this weekend either because obviously in the FA Cup game, we've got so many players cup tied. It'll be a completely new side again. 
Achtung, Mühlwall. The Wonderwall Cup 2019 will be held at the Den, Bank Holiday Sunday, May the 26th, 2019. Lions legends including Jimmy Carter, Alex Ray and the star of Championship Manager Cherno Samba will take on the stars of social media including the F2 freestylers Bradley Simmons and comedian Man Like Hacks. Why not make it a family day out? £10 entry fee for adults, £6 for the under 16s and just £3 for the under 12s. The proceeds from the match will be split 50-50 between Childline and the veterans charity SAFA. Tickets are available now at www.millwalltickets.com www.millwalltickets.com The Wonderwall Cup, Sunday, May the 26th, 2019. See you there. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Couple other bits, uh, gents. Um... I don't think Millwall have seen the last of Birmingham uh, because um, they are in a little bit of trouble with the EFL over sustainability and profitability rules um, and are awaiting uh, the outcome of a hearing which could see them be deducted 12 points. Sustainability and what was the other one? Profitability. Profitable. Yeah, that was. Um, yes. should have that as well, then, shouldn't they? Yeah. No, uh, but that was with with Birmingham. That was to do with their transfer activity. Well, they they, they were under embargo and they signed a player. Okay. Yeah, exactly. um, I mean, how stupid you can be, I do not actually know. But um, they, everyone is very, 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 very fearful of a points deduction, which will mm. leave thirty-eight points, which is one above Millwall, so they could get sucked into that. Uh, Gary Monkside, and you know, he he's refusing to talk about the players. Everyone around the club is refusing to talk about the playoffs, even though a lot of people are sort of, uh, um, what's the word, uh, ignorant worried. to the fact that, you know, not, no, not worried, ignorant to the fact that, you know, a 12-point deduction is very, very, very likely to Birmingham City. Because you can't break FFP twice. I mean, you break it once you get a transfer embargo, fair enough. 
if you're stupid enough to go and sign a player, then um, then then you know you should be punished. So um, yeah, more they, and more they, teams are getting pulled into this, aren't they? Into their well, that's, not that's just the, the thing. Yeah, yeah, that's the that's relegation the battles now massive. Yeah, and um, going back to it, I think like as we were saying there, I mean, I remember there was that time sort of QPR went up a few years back, didn't they? And um, I think the football league sort of done the whole rub their hands together and say, well, we're waiting for you to come back down because we'll, we'll slap you with with like well, a fine them, or embargo. They got Sorry? themselves a forty-three million pound fine. Exactly. Yeah, but I would have much preferred them getting a thirty-point deduction. Personally, no, I don't think finding a club, I don't think finding a club like that makes any difference. The only place that hurts them is on the scoreboard, as we as you say. You know, I mean, forty-three million pound in the grand scheme of things, you know, that that's not gonna. That's well, gonna yeah, well, you know, it is. It is because they've had to, they've had to ask to pay it over ten years. But even though they're paying back four point three million pound a year. Their skin, they've got absolutely nothing, Good. you know, um, and, and, and that's simply because they're overspending. Um, well, no, they should have the choice then. They should get to choose 30-point deduction or they get to choose the, the fine. They should have a, because, to be honest, surely taking one season of pain and getting relegated wouldn't be as bad for QPR and having a new start than to pay 43 million quid, to be honest. And that's how I'd see it. So I'd well, well no, 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 but you, you, you're different. Fan, fans, I'm sure fans would rather take a fine than than, than a points deduction. And no one wants to drop no, the division, do they? they? No, no one wants to drop no, the division. QPR, well, QPR, let's be honest, QPR would absolutely want League One. Let, let's be honest, the club That's and their size and their infrastructure. No, because they, they would. They have a good... They have League One and the Championship is bigger, probably, in a, in a jump than what the Premier League and, and the Championship are now when you look at finances. Yeah, and yeah, two, League One is a very tough division this year. It is a very tough, yeah. division. tough division. It's year, a tough man. division, but it's not tough in the sense that the financial power of the top clubs is a bit like a mini Premier League. Portsmouth spending compared to Berry must be astronomical. Do you understand what I mean? I, mm. I can't see where this idea that QPR would struggle if they went down to League One. Millwall, yes, because of Millwall's size, but QPR are a bigger club in the sense of, uh, of sort of catchment area and, and, and crowds, you know, um, which is what people look at when they look at club size, really. I think that's also part, I that's think that's my, possibly a reason why they actually my opinion, that, in. I might be chatting shit for a while, though, by the sense of it. just <laughs> 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 to get relegated to, to have a good season in League One. I, I, I think you're always better off surviving in the in the Championship, personally. Um, I mean, that's why, you know, this debate about the, the Cup uh, quarterfinal on, on Sunday uh, versus last night's game at, at the Birmingham, which is the bigger game. I mean, I think you have to back the league. I know it's it's a boring and um, slightly non-normal attitude, but to survive in the championship with the status and money and, and global kind of um, coverage that that gets. Whereas League One feels, and it, you know, ask Charlton fans, it's like being in the, um, you know, it, 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 you're, you're cast out. You're, you're, you're gone beyond the pale out there. You know, it's, 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 it's no place to find yourself. That's what it is. It's, it's, it's a proper full-blown swamp league one. Absolutely. With I'm not sure about you, um, with, with you guys, but I, I always remember when when we was promoted, when we won at Swindon, and then when we um, and then when we beat Bradford as well. It, it, you know, you you have the jubilation that you've gone up and you're you're back in these divisions that arguably you think you deserve to be in. But with me, it was just the relief of not being in the third tier anymore. 
that that sort of that was that was more of an overpowering feeling than actually oh we've been promoted again. It was just oh we don't have to do the Johnston paints anymore. We don't have to have with all mm. due respect the sort of Carlo United's so, like as you were saying Nick, you know you want to be back up in those bigger leagues and I, I, I complete I completely understand what you're saying Harry. So some teams massively yes of course they do need to go down to sort of to go back up. I mean it happened to Sheffield Wednesday a few years ago didn't it? They sort of had that year in League One where they sort of regrouped, but. That's that's a big ask because I'll tell you when it struck me. I, 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 the season, the first season we came back from the the playoff final last season, wasn't it? We had a we 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 um, come close to going in or out of the, the playoffs in at Twerton Park in Bristol, um, which is you know a nice enough place, but it's a very small ground. And then our first game of the, of the new season was away at Nottingham Forest, big proper city ground stadium. You know, it was. Yeah. The, 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 I mean, I think I'm, I'm, you're up there with me, Harry. It was just that, that that kind of catapult from small time, not much more than park football that it felt like at, at Bristol, to suddenly you're in the, a former winner of the European Cup. Yeah, you talked about Forest. Look at Forest down there, Southampton, all different clubs that have been down there. Absolutely United down there. Yeah, but what I'm, tra- what I'm trying to say, my friends. Yeah, I agree. Is that if you if you gamble it, there has to, if you have to gamble to get in the Premier League, if you risk financial devastation. There has to, the, the, the deterrent must be harsh. The deterrent must be you will be relegated as soon as you come back down again. Because if not, in my opinion, you know, Millwall next season really should go and spend 100 million and, and go up. Because what's the point? Because one year in the Premier League, what's it worth now? 300 million, 400 million? I don't know what the TV deal is worth per year. Do you, do you understand what I mean? It's, it's not. It's not really a deterrent, is it, to say, well, we're fine, you're 34 million, but you actually made 200 million when you were yeah, in, it's, uh, it's, it's the, the Premier League. It's the Bournemouth gamble, isn't it? That's, that's basically what Bournemouth has done. For, for everyone who says how great a job Eddie Howe has done, and he has, you know, it's a very small club, and, you know, to get them up to the Premier League and sort of, to a degree, a Premier League side now, they spent an awful lot of money to get there, and a lot of people look past that, and I think a lot of people in the Premier League put look past that because... But that's, in the Premier, that's, if the Premier League wouldn't be realistic, that's though. That's because Sky put out a documentary about Bournemouth, uh, or Sky or NBC about plucky little Bournemouth and Jeff no, Moskin. No, that's exactly my point. That's that's exactly you know, my and point. oh they my cannot, God, yeah. you know, he's, he's an incredible guy and all that. Give it to rest, right? Give it yeah. an absolute rest. You know, they're, they're backed by a quiet Russian guy. Uh, yeah. is, I, I, can't, I can't remember his name now, um, but they're, they're backed by... Maxim Dayan, that's his name. They're backed by a quiet Russian guy who just keeps funding them with money. And in fact, um, there's actually an account on Twitter that I follow. Um, Price of Football, his name is Kieran Maguire, lecturer in like sport finance. This guy breaks down like cl- club accounts and stuff. And yeah. like you look at um, different clubs and, and, and he talks about, you know, how they paid a four million pound fine and they try to hide it in their accounts and stuff. Clubs are doing it all the time, all the time. Yeah. And I think, and, uh, you know, we look at we look at Wolves. Wolves have been smart in the sense of they've taken all these player players in the championship on loans with options to buy. Don't get me wrong, they've spent a bit on wages, but it's George Mendes. They've managed to do it, but they still had a massive, you know, uh, heap of cash plowed into the club, but they've done it a bit better than, say, a QPR did it, or a Bournemouth did it, or someone like that, and, and, and Wolves look half-decent and, and, and sustainable. 
I, mean, I think it's one of these fundamental debates in football. I mean, you can you can take this. Harry's right. There's, I mean, there are rules, and you've got to have rules that are enforced. But the tendency in in big football is that the rules are enforced on the small smaller clubs and the big boys, the Manchester Cities, the uh, the Paris Saint Germains, and the rest of them aren't subject to the same. They're superficially subject to the same rules, but not in practical terms. So you know, it, it's this idea that the uh, the bigger you are, the less. Um, the, the less credence you have to give to the rules that govern the small people. Yeah, obviously. You know, um, City can be backed by, is it Abu Dhabi? Um, a very murky... Qatari. Qatari, a very murky oil state. There's there's Russian money mixed up in, in football. There's 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 all sorts of um, links to, to places and, um, and, and regimes and individuals with dirty links. But it's, it's, it's the great circus of the people. So at a certain point... Um, you know the, the rules that rules are paid lip service to, but yeah, they're enforced more with the QPRs and and um, the more rules would would have rules enforced that wouldn't be enforced on the cities and United. You know, I'll, um, I'll I'll pick up just with with a couple of um, uh, uh, wages and and I mean this this guy Prize of Football is really really good um, to look at. He's done a, a a percentage shot of clubs spending out of their means so you know wages um wages and amortization player amortization yeah. over income uh, the lowest the whole city with 77 percent they've completely obviously stripped back their squad um, millwall are uh, third with 90 percent but an albion last season were 81 percent the top though reading 244 percent of their income goes on player wages wow. how that even works reading birmingham and wolves are the three. Cardiff are in 154%, which questions the whole thing about how Neil Warnock did things on a budget, because he must have had a half-decent budget. Villa are 141%, Bristol City and Nottingham Forest both on 135%, QPR 127%, but those those figures um, for, for Reading, 244%. But that's what I'm saying, they're in a relegation battle with us. Agree. They're in a relegation yeah. battle with us, and there's been that, that's just showing how badly run they are as a business and a club. Um, but sort of linked into this, there's a lot of people at Millwall, as in Millwall fans, that will say, and I don't know whether Nick or Michael will back me up on this, there's a lot of Millwall fans who pretend that they wouldn't go if we got to the Premier League because they believe it was Yeah, they pretend, they pretend that. I don't believe that. <laughs> I think they would go. What about, you, what about you, Michael? Would you feel that you were sanitised or would you do the 38-game season <laughs> home and away? Oh, yeah. Let's be brutally honest. We, we we can all sit there while we're full from bottom in the championship and say we're not going to go. So that's not proper war. But we'll go. We'll, of course we'll go. Of course we would. And you know this this idea that you wouldn't go because the Premier League is foam hands and and, and clappers and you know all the whole the half and half scarves and all that kind of stuff. Well. Okay, that's that's what it is. It's a product. It's it's an immensely successful product, whether you like it or not. It's you know it, it's a business like no other. I mean, it's almost not subject to business rules. Um, so we've got examples like Alex just quotes the teams that can um, you know throw out the the, the, the kind of rule book and, and, and normal good practice and how you run a business. That football exists in its own strange world. But the idea that you wouldn't go when you've achieved the top level in the sport that you follow. Um, because somehow um, it's, it's sanitised, whatever that might mean. I'm never too sure what that means. It's 
the idea that you can't fight on the terraces and, and kill people um, cunts to their face or, or, or through, through a fence or something. I don't much, to be honest, I much prefer to call people cunts to their face than behind <laughs> their back, to be honest. Um, I, I'm very much one of those type of people. Um, no, I, I just, the only thing I'd say is that I, obviously I'd still go. I, I mean, I'm not old enough to have been in the old first division. Um, but I would like to point out that the football tourists that we get at the moment do rock up at the den when we will play the glamorous tie of sort of Blackbird on a Tuesday night and the people with their Barcelona scarves or their uh, Rayo Vallecano. Very, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're always always a weird, you know, a very um, a very weird team, you know, uh, St. Pauli or someone from Germany. Very strange team shirts. And then they turn up and they seem to be uh, the old Anglo-Saxon comes out behind them and they seem to be taken aback that it, it matters to people. So I'd much prefer my one man than a dog in block 45 but, um, <laughs> where I can pick four seats. But I, I understand how, how that doesn't really work as a business for Millwall. But um, yeah, I, I think that's all linked into it as well. And obviously, you know, now, funny enough, as you said, you were watching it on the iFollow last night. That must be massive for clubs that people aren't turning up now on a Tuesday and Wednesday night. It must be It must be huge. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, not once upon a time I would have taken up Aaron's offer of a lift up the Birmingham. Now I can do stuff, sit at home, log on just at you know, half past seven, log on, and there's the game. You can follow it. And it's, I know it's not the same thing, but um, that's the modern world for you, isn't it? It's, it's, it's the way it's going. It's not going to change. That's going to be, I think there will come a point this Saturday afternoon is no longer sacrosanct. You, can, you just know it will work oh, out. Don't say that. Well, I mean, I don't want that because I've been brought up with it. But, you know, um, normality is only ever what you're brought up with. And for kids now, I think that they see the world in, in different ways. I mean... Wasn't there a League 2 quick... game? Sorry, go on, Aaron. No, no, I just wanted to pick up on the iFollow point because I remember reading that, you know, this fella's account and he had, he had a piece on the iFollow. Um, and ELTV and sponsorship income uh, up allowing to uh, increase distribution to uh, club by £22 million. Pounds. And it just shows that I follow is really a bit crap, to be fair, because if you divide it all up by the amount of clubs in there, it's pretty much nothing. Yeah. Um, no, uh, very quickly, EFL... Show, another company. That's a, that would be a great idea. They should sell it out to another proper, a proper distribution company who can package it better. We yeah. have actual replays, have commentators on all the games, you know, actually style it on a Squire-esque product for a Tuesday and Wednesday night. It'd actually work, work a hell of a lot better. Yes, people would pay for it because, you know, we're, we're talking about, obviously, last season we went to Leeds and they got, uh, I think they got into trouble with the EFL for paying, um, for making us pay more for ticket prices. I think train tickets are, what, £130 to go to Leeds? Yeah. So you're looking for £40 a ticket and then you wonder why people aren't turning up to games. So, you, you know, you've got to have a little bit of, whereas what's I follow them up? Seven quid or five up, something like that, you know? Uh, seven last night, whatever it was, a, what's it, last night it was a tenner. Um, pretty good coverage, incidentally, last night. It was, it was proper coverage. It was HD level, they had replays and two commentators, so it was, it was like watching a proper game, I mean, I've, I've, some of the early ones, just like one one camera on a halfway line with no comment and no nothing, it was just like, you know, you, you can watch it, but it's not an enjoyable experience, so I, I think the global market will always be for the top flight, the Premier League, that's that's a, that's a monster in its own right, and 
championship football will always, I mean, pay-per-view championship football, I follow, will always be playing catch-up. But it's, it's, it's a good service. I, it saved me a long trip up to Birmingham last night, and we, and we got a good win, so it was worth watching last night. I enjoyed it. Wasn't there a Saturday? Sorry, sorry, on the iPhone. No, go on, Mickey, go on. on. Sorry, mate. Wasn't there a Saturday three o'clock game a while ago? Yeah, there was. was um, there was. Wasn't it like Notts County or something like that? It was. Um, it was a, a cup day. I think it was like a rearranged league fixture on a on a like fourth round day or something like that. And for some reason, the wording of the contract with I follow whatever company that is didn't cover that, so they were allowed to. They were, they showed that, um, and there was a hoo ha about it because obviously it breached the the sacrosanct three o'clock Saturday afternoon principle. But they the, the contract didn't cover that particular situation of a real range league game on Saturday afternoon. So they, they got round it by some some loose some some legal 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 wording, you know. It's beginning of, of the course, end. Of course going back to it. Oh, it's, it's not the end. beginning of the end though. Like this let's be honest, the clubs, you know, it should be twenties plenty campaign should be across all all divisions. It should have been ruled out by the football league by now and it should be kids shouldn't have to pay more than a fiver if they're under sixteen. And and that's that's simply it really. Uh, for me, I don't I don't understand why it isn't. If they're saying they don't make their money out of match day tickets, then it doesn't matter if you make the tickets less money, then does it? Is it so that's my opinion of it. It's an interesting point. I mean, it might be going off, off topic a little bit, but I, I saw something on um, on Twitter. Um, I think it might have been Del Strain put on there about um, how many more years of support he's got left in him. Um, he must be in his 50s, same kind of age as me, to be to be honest. And he's posting about Mill getting back into the top flight. He said, I've only got another... 10 to 15 years of like proper support in the sense of going home and away and um you know the, the full kind of devotional ri- ritual of, of, of football support at a certain point it becomes impractical for you know elderly people to travel the, the length and breadth of the country and i thought jesus christ that's 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 right you've only got like <laughs> another 10 to 15 years to go and you look around the Millwall crowd and there's a lot of men of what I would call my era, um, and 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 slightly younger. But it's we've got to find a more youthful market from somewhere. So although it's easy to, the point of what I'm, 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 I'm rambling here is that we've we've got to we've got to look at the way the modern world is. And although kids nowadays are they see football support in very different ways to how it was when I was, you know, in my formative seventies years. Achtung, Mehlball. Gents, uh, Chris Hewton was in attendance at, uh, at St. Andrews yesterday. I spotted him at half-time. Uh, myself and the actual Millwall commentator, Carl Bates, who does a BBC London, spotted um, Chris Hewton having a, a lovely cheese board. I think he was with his right-hand man. Chris or Chrissy. I don't know. Is it Chrissy Hewton or Chris? Everyone Chris. seems to call him Chrissy these days. But um, Yeah, he seems like he was running the rule over. He's still called a cunt on there. <laughs> it's going to be called a cunt on Sunday, so I don't think it'll matter what you call him there. Um, I, I don't know. He'll probably have a look at us. We we know what to expect with Brighton, probably, and they know what to expect with us. Could Yuri Skalak come off the bench and cause an upset by scoring against his former club? If he's going to re- rekindle his Millwall career, I think that's mm. the only chance of it. It'd be nice know, to see I mean, him do something, Harry, wouldn't it? You know, It was his birthday been, this week. He's been ill, to be fair. I think he has had a proper bad illness. He was hospitalised for... Mm-hmm. For a large period, and I, I don't know whether or not that has, that has obviously with the return of Ben Marshall and probably not really in a great mental place, if I'm being totally honest. Whereas um, 
you know, I want to see all the Mill signings succeed, but he has been, he's been a very, almost Ian Holloway-esque signing, and I don't say that lightly, but a kind of big expectation, little reward, um, and, and that's probably Ian Holloway's career, isn't it? Um, big expectation, <laughs> little reward. Um, but no, um, I, I just think, I think Brighton, Brighton are probably the toughest team that we've played in the Cup um, for a while, to be honest, because they're similar to us. They're, they're, they're they normally play 4-4-2. They play to a big man up front and they have wingers that come off him. You know, Murray's going to give Cooper or going to be in a good old battle with Cooper. And does anyone know whether or not they approve VAR for the den? Because I heard they were trying to get it involved because it would be the only tie that doesn't have VAR. Right. I don't know about the VAR side of it. I, I, I'm anticipating a very tough game for the reasons Harry said. Um, Hewton's a good manager. He knows the score. He's been around the track plenty of times, and I think he's a he's a he's, he's a very underrated manager. And you know, Brighton and, and Chris Hewton are probably pretty good fit in that way. Um, I think it's going to be a much t- tougher game than the Everton game, um, and also it's going to be our second string slightly because we won't be able to field the team that took the pitch last night at St Andrews. So, um, I mean, we did immensely well against Everton, didn't we? So if we can touch. 90%, 80% of that of that of that performance will have a chance. The Den will be in a much better frame of mind after that win last night. So um, that's got to play its part. We hope it's, it's also played to a finish. I think on on Sunday, isn't it? it's it's um, extra yeah. time, extra time than penalties, I guess. So yeah, um, that's right. No replays involved. So it's it's now or never. I I I think we've got every chance. We, the Den factor is is a very real thing. And you really don't get that very often in in the modern game, and um, I think it'll play a big role in it. So I'm I'm, I'm hopeful. Um, this, if we were to get through, who would you want? That's a big question. Well, if we get through to the semi-final, I would want the easiest route to get to the final we could possibly have because um, I mean, I'm guessing I'm trying to think of the other teams in it. Is it um, United are in it still? City are they? Yep. Both uh, are, yeah, both are. I mean, Palace or somebody like that would be would be great. But I think we might struggle against um, any of the Premier League sides. So, I'd, I'd like another Sunderland-style semi-final because to make mm. a cup final is, is one of those things. It's, it wouldn't be quite once in a lifetime, but you've got to you've got to grab it whilst you can at Millwall. So, if we could get somebody that would be, um, you know, would have half a chance of winning against. That would be my choice. I can't, yeah. I can't think of who else is in it. What, what for yeah, the um, what I think the thing is as well is that I, I know obviously when you get to cup competitions, you know, that, that tends to be obviously, uh, or the later stages, should I say, that tends to be sort of the business end. And you, with us and Swansea, you get the one or two surprises. You know, if, if you've got sort of Watford fans who are kind of uh, sort of content with mid-table Premier League or, you know, Premier League survival, and they're actually saying, do you know what, we've got a chance of winning the cup. Who, who do you want? Yeah, I mean, I, I, personally, I'd go for the easier route, but I mean, there's arguments both ways. It's not legally binding. It's got to have his plate. Someone's back in the radiation sorry. center. Again. Sorry, sorry boys, it's tea time, so you have random shouting women at you to tell you that uh, tea time. Tell you they are evil. <laughs> Um, I, I think I just want to avoid. <laughs> There's the key. There's the key. <laughs> I thought we were we bring it to a close, chaps. <laughs> that's uh, that's I'm telling you the uh, the radiation has leaked out the container, and Ian Holloway's monsters are running loose. Yeah, I'd like to I'd like to go to the final and play Manchester United and somehow. Right. 
have another go at yeah, stop Oli Gunnar Solskjaer getting the job. Like, imagine they've got the Champions League final like three days later and they play like a bunch of kids and Tunnicliffe scores against his former club. And then I have to somehow go on with the rest of my life knowing that the greatest moment of supporting my club will be forever tainted by having fucking Ryan Tunnicliffe score the winner. No. A man that I coated for two years just to have a load of people in my block turn around and call me a cunt for the remainder of the time. So, uh, yeah, that, that would be very Millwall. I'll settle for Manchester United in a final. That's that's a good call, actually. Round two, 2004, round two. Let's have another go. Funny, funny enough, if I saw Robbie Ryan in a paper. Anyone see Robbie Ryan's article? Comes up every time we get into a, any kind of cup situation, he doesn't he? Lays, he fucking lays track at track like 3 a.m. in the yeah. morning. Yeah, 3 a.m. in the morning, the poor fucker. Yeah, I mean, but, he was, his career was ruined by Dennis Wise trying to sign Graham Lasseau. And, uh, and, and that was that. That was his last appearance for Mill. Was a cup final. Um, it, where, where, where's the um, where's the rumor in there that apparently wasn't it? Because he went to Bristol Rovers after Mill, didn't he? Yeah. Bristol Rovers. Wouldn't it? Wouldn't there some rumor that the manager Bristol Rovers' son was playing Championship manager? And That's because true. Yeah. Up to date with the stats, it. wouldn't it? He was like, yeah, yeah, my contract's got six months left. Because <laughs> so they offered him told me. His yes. last opponent was Cristiano Ronaldo before he left the den. That's quite, you know, that's quite a sentence to be able to say about yourself. Isn't it? To say that you got beaten by the all-time leading <laughs> European goalscorer, <laughs> fucking before you went to like your train tracks, it, tr- it it ruined your mind so badly. Cristiano Ronaldo should give him some kind of like payment. He's got enough money, you know, before he gets banged up for legal should, reasons. He, we he can't should, go on. You should give him that that bust of his head. Maybe we should give I think Millwall should have a uh, should have a statue outside the den, but it should be just of Millwall nutcases. <laughs> so it should be like Kevin Muscat, um Alex Ray, Dennis Wise, Terry Erlock should all just have like a glass. <laughs> it should be like, it should be in like bronze or like something or just like steel, like proper like just the non statue material should just be outside the uh, Instead of the blue lion that Andy Ambler put on top of the uh, on top of the stand once, you remember the blue lion? Yes, I do. Yeah, that that then yeah. disappeared, didn't it? Yeah. The blue lion. Yeah, we had a plastic blue lion on top of the um, like the, I think it's like the groundsman's hut over on the far side of the stadium, isn't it? And they put a blue lion up there, and it was felt to be um, bad luck because we did we didn't win for some time. <laughs> About six lion. years. Like a plastic <laughs> blue lion up there, and it had to be it had to be removed, and then. Um, Lo and behold, you know, form returned and we went on a 17-game unbeaten run and then he made the Premier League. <laughs> to be fair, that was a, um, that's a bit like trying to wear this 25-year den kit. You know, it looks nothing like the team kit. I think they were trying to get the old lion on the roof and they, and they failed with making it link up a bit like the... Uh, the club shop. Anyway, Michael, club yeah. shop update. Club shop update. Let's finish it off with a club shop update. Let's finish it off with a club shop update. So, what have we got? What have we got this week? So, how much would you pay for a Tobler Oh, About seven quid, oh, something like that, isn't it? It depends where you are. If you're in an airport or something, you're paying like a five or something like that. But that usually, you go, down, you, go down, you go down the Woolworth Road pound shop. You know the luxury shopping parade down the <laughs> Woolworth Road, yeah? And, yeah. Uh, and, and well, well, the the unique Mill Toblerone that's still got the bear on the side of the mountain, but this time says Mill FC is yours for a tenner. A tenner. <laughs> <laughs> and what kind of what kind of saving is that? <laughs> I think you could probably tell none. Aaron, you haven't done the thing. Go on, Aaron. What? How much? <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> that, that's. 
That makes the Heathrow duty free shop look like a cheap outlet, doesn't no, it? Duty free is cheap. My personal favourite is the Harrods. What has anyone ever bought anything from Harrods duty free? Or did no. anyone buy like the Harrods outlet store at Gatwick? Must be the loneliest job in it in the world. Saint like Alan Partridge would have made up in his brain. <laughs> Let's have a Harrods store and an outlet. Not actually go to Harrods. We'll have all the Harrods products at their prices miles from Harrods. <laughs> Maybe we should sub the club, the club shop out of Harrods in that case. Harrods at the den. No, but that's yeah. the thing. That's the thing. The Harrods, Harrods range. At, yeah, Harrods is at like Gatwick or Heathrow. Mills Club Shop will be on the Woolwich Ferry. <laughs> <laughs> so ten pound of Toblerone. Ten pound of oh, bloody hell. Ten pound of Toblerone. Well, I'll tell you what as well though, gents. If we manage to stay up this season. What I may do is get us the uh, free pack crest, a pair of socks each, as a present for uh, coming through the season with me. Guess how much for free pack of socks? How much? If I was looking for a free pack of socks, I'd go to the Elephant Castle, the interior. There's there's little stalls there that sell yeah. socks. Mate, well, well, the well, well, Mr. Hart, I'd go to a TK Maxx. I wouldn't want to pop with one of you. Why? What, why, why would why would you go to the Elephant Castle and TK Maxx when you can <laughs> get a pack pair of socks for twelve pounds? Twelve pounds. Uh, by any chance, do they have a really really badly felt uh, sewn on or ironed on felt lion like the famous <laughs> 1995 what? Asics kit Captain Morgan <laughs> one that used to come off? They do. So basically, if if you're a <laughs> they do. If, if you're a if you're a hungry chocoholic with cold feet, it's going to be an expensive day at the den. I was, I was going to say, young Mickey, what are these? Uh, three ply cashmere or something like that? What kind of material are we looking at? Well, to be fair, it, it does look like polyester, like the like the type. Yes. But I, I, if, if I could just end this week's uh, club shop update with the um, titled penance flags and banners section. Mm. So wow. that's penance flags and banners. I like a good pennant. I like with a banner. <laughs> we both, yo, you might like a pennant, you might like a banner, but there's only two flags on that page. Oh, there you go. There you go. What a special. So for, so for a five foot by a three foot flag for twelve pounds. Okay, that's not bad. That's not no, bad. What's it look like? It's blue. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no surprise there. And and you know the classic flags that you put on your 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 win your window in your car that when you drive more than ten yeah. miles an hour the flag blows off. Yeah. Two pound for one of them. So there we are. They're, well, they're I reckon they're week. getting ready for another when they're getting ready for another Wembley trip. I mean, uh, yep. when we when we drove up to the Millennium Stadium, the amount of flags you saw by the uh, by the side of the Seven Bridge yeah. on the way back was was quite astronomical, to be fair. And also the. Uh, the service stations on the way home after the game. Was quite, Lee, uh, Lee Delamere. You know, Delamere. They were quite, yeah, they, yeah. Were quite a, they, they were quite a sight for my 14-year-old eyes, I, I must I, admit. I'll, I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll tell you what, gents. If they can sort out a deal where you can get a pair of socks with every flag, I'm, I'm going. I think, There's I'm the Hooter. Gonna, I think again. that's the That's the score prediction Hooter. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we don't even need the sample this week, lads. No, we don't. We don't, mate. Yeah, 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 there's been more laughter in this in this edition of uh of the nine o'clock mill, the real mill fan, the real show, mill fan show, the fan yeah. show that goes out every night, at, every Friday night at nine, where it used to be. And um, then what you had in an entire hour of tedious nonsense from um 
Them traitorous <laughs> bastards. Not saying anything else. Um, to sit on the fence. So why do you follow me on Twitter? I'd like to point this out. I'm not your friend. All right? I'm making this clear now. I am not your friend. I am not your friend. I'm Aaron's friend. I'm not your friend. Score you predictions. Vote Mil- for me. <laughs> Harry, Millwall versus Brighton. Uh, one nil Millwall. Mm. Uh, ben, no, Ben Thompson can't play, so I'm going to say one nil Millwall, and it's going to be a goal from the Silver Fox himself, Steve Morrison, Steve against Morrison. his former manager. Michael, I'm going to go one nil. Extra time we win on penalties. Aaron. Fucking hell, what drugs are you on? <laughs> Millwall win a penalty shoot. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm picking up some of that radiation that's affecting you as well, mate. <laughs> it's coming down the line. Uh, Score prediction, Aaron. Millwall three, Brighton and Hove Albion two. Ooh, I like that. That's, that's the old um, ben, ben Thompson to score. I, I, in my safe bet with... who? By the, who's our betting sponsor? We haven't, show. we haven't got one, mate. We, 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 issue, we issue betting on this this channel. Well, if any betting company wants to contact me at Block 45 Line, we can Sponsor Harry. <laughs> Hook him up. Fucking hell, with, I've been sponsoring them at Cheltenham this week. Don't worry about that. With, 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 with our betting sponsor is Millwall to win and Ben Thompson to score. Even though Ben Thompson's <laughs> not Cup, sorry. I'm, I'm, sorry. Oh. I'm going to go Bill 1, Brighton Bill, Aidan O'Brien to get Fucking a hell. winner off the bench. Well, that's the real Millwall fan show, dear listeners. Um, been a lot of fun. Been a lot of fun. I want to know how that radiation treatment's going for that poor man. At, uh, Mate, imagine listening to that for eight hours a day. Harry's, Harry's <laughs> undisclosed location. <laughs> Big thank you, Aaron Paul, for ho- your hosting, expert hosting. Thank you very much for having me. Big thank you to Michael Avery for the club shop update and all all, all, all of the input from Michael. More deals next week. Big <laughs> thank you to Harry Warren. There's a, there's a distinct lack of darts playing women in your life, Michael, at the moment, by the sounds of it. Harry's lead, lead-lined cell, wherever he's located. It's all right. Uh, I've got a meeting with King Jong-il and uh, Donald Trump uh, in the morning, so we'll uh, try and get me all some transfer funds. And that's the Millwall News this week, dear listeners. Arriva Dirty Millwall. Bye for now. being a little extra can be a bit much but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra and united healthcare makes it easy with health protector guard fixed indemnity insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company they supplement your primary plan helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods so when it comes to covering your medical bills you can feel good about being a little extra visit uh1.com to find the health protector guard plan for you Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.